wonderful guest for you today. I first got to know Shana Norwood of Steel Pedal Press when she unveiled her own letterpress cards as a part-time passion gig in 2008. As her part-time passion gig snowballed, however, Shana kept outgrowing both presses and studios. It ended up that the only way for her to afford a larger space without a huge commute was to dedicate a portion of that space to retailing both her and other makers' products. So the Steel Pedal Press store opened in spring of 2016 in Chicago's Logan Square neighborhood. The front quarter is the shop. The rest is dedicated to production, warehousing, and shipping. Our biggest draw as a destination is our unique selection of cards and prints along with our open print shop, Shana told me when I profiled her in Stationary Trends in our winter 2020 issue. What I think is so wonderful about her store, other than the great product, is that visitors can see the letterpress in action if they come at the right time. And the other thing I really love is that it's rare to find something priced higher than $50. So I really wanted to interview Shana about her experiences when the pandemic came. Um, when she, while she had to close her shop to the public, Shana was in the shop every day, sending orders out and delivering them curbside. And I know this because she kept everyone updated throughout it all. And we even ordered a few puzzles from her. Shana was finally able to reopen on June 4th, just in time for some of the biggest civil unrest this country, including Chicago, has seen in decades. So I really wanted to talk to her to see how she has just soldiered through this all. And if it doesn't sound like she's dealing with enough challenges for you, around the beginning of the year, um, Shana started sharing her struggles uh, with anxiety with her community in a very open and brave way. At the beginning of the year, she actually released a series of mental health trackers. I mean, I can't think of a better time to release something like that. So with all she has going on, I really appreciate her taking the time to chat with me about it. And you can hear it for yourself right after this. Hey, paper peeps. So by now, many of my listeners are familiar with the force of stationary nature, better known as Girl with Knife. But if you aren't, time to change all that. From the first moment I spied her booth at her New York Now trade show debut in 2019, I was smitten with this cutting edge range that the world was calling out for. We all just didn't know it yet. Everything is nimbly collaged to life, slice by careful slice by the talented and exquisite Alicia Castaldi. This stylish collection of cards, journals, and notepads that have sprung to life under this fashionista's exacting knife is sharp, snarky, sleek, and occasionally very sweet, just like that BFF who would love to hear from you right now. For that reason, whenever I get my hands on Girl With Knife merchandise, I hoard it and use it most sparingly. Alicia recently launched Gift Wrap, and if you're already a fan of her range, you're familiar with her patterns and quality, but these super thick sheets elevate any gift from off the rack to atelier. Her recent releases of Midnight Botanical, Rare Creatures, and Chasing Dreams bring the total styles that slay up to 10. And if you're like me and that you fall in love with a range and want to reside in that world, you're in luck. Alicia 
recently unveiled Knife House, which was one of the few good things I can think of that came out of 2020. That was when Alicia shifted her operation from L.A. to this newly renovated concept home in Palm Springs. This completely private, walled and gated estate features panoramic mountain views and countless Luke's surprises. Take a tour through its magnificent blush pink doors at www.knifehousepalmsprings.com or find it on Instagram at knifehousepalmsprings. Good luck getting your jaw off the floor as you take in this perfect California adult playground. These glamorous digs are available for photo shoots, film projects, special events, and short-term rentals. But just as importantly, all that exquisite Palm Springs flora and fauna have inspired Alicia's soon-to-be-released journal and notepads. She tells me that they're also expanding into home decor, which I, for one, absolutely can't wait to see. So now that you've glimpsed this wonderful world, you need this cutting edge lifestyle brand in your life. Find Girl with Knife in hundreds of shops across the U.S. and half over half a dozen countries. Alicia and Girl with Knife have also been featured in New York Magazine, LA Business Journal, BuzzFeed, and of course, Stationary Trends. I've run her work there countless times. Alicia was one of our 10 designers to watch in 2020 and proceeded to live up to that designation when last May, two out of her three nominated cards took CHOP honors at the Noted and Noted Virtual Greeting Card Competition. Then, for our winter 2021 issue of Stationary Trends, Alicia designed the 10 designers to watch frontispiece for us. It is something else if you haven't seen it yet. Also, as of 2021, Alicia is represented by none other than the Daniel Richard Showrooms in Atlanta and Dallas. Dan's eye is renowned in this biz, so his representing Girl with Knife is unsurprising, but it also means that this brand needs to be on your design radar stat. Check out this beguiling range at the recently refreshed girlwithknife.com. Right now, the theme is Season of Fierce, and I think we can all use one of those about now. I guarantee your stationery will slay. Shayna. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good today. <laughs> it's a day-by-day basis. <laughs> I know the feeling, believe yeah. me. <laughs> I feel like everyone does. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Shana, for being yeah. here. And thank and welcome to the paper fold. Um, I can imagine you have a million things on your plate right now. Um, but I, I'm really curious just hearing getting a glimpse of the last several months of your life. Um, I'd love to start with kind of where we were when I saw you at MSS in New York now, mm-hmm. um, your booth was super busy. You had a, you had a wholesale booth and I think I saw you in the aisles buying for the shop as well. Uh-huh. Um, how was the show for you and how, and like, where was your, the, the health of your business after that? Yeah. Um, so we, I opened a retail shop, um, in 2016 and I had, I had been going to trade shows before that. Mm -hmm. So I took like a few year break from going to trade shows and I've only really been back in the game for like maybe a year, a year and a half. So like when I saw you in January, that was, um, 
that was maybe only our like fourth trade show and like, you know, you know, coming back to it. Um, but it was really good. We were getting traction again. We were in a good location by the front. Um, people were starting to like remember us and recognize us again. So I felt like, um, I felt like it went really well and we hit the sales goals that we had. So, I mean, I felt, I felt really good in like January and February, a wholesale business was growing. Um, I was looking to hire a new operations manager. Um, that was kind of where we were in like January and February. Right. Right. And then, um, I, I had to email you about something and then this is what you wrote me on March 25th. This is kind of where you were. I'm going to read this. I was not in a good place. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm going to read this very sad soliloquy. Um, At the beginning of this nightmare, three of my girls had fevers. And because none of them were eligible to get tested, I basically had to call it and have them stay home for over a week. I used their sick hours and they were able to get their full paychecks for the last pay period at least. I was at the shop for 10 days straight. I started posting images and stories online and having people call in to place their order for either curbside pickup or shipping to them. Finally, after a rainy day with absolutely zero foot traffic, I finally had to call it and close my doors to the public. Um, It was at this point I started using my website for selling my retail items. Even though our website was originally only for our own products, we started putting our in-store only items online. Puzzles, coloring books, games, and other items have been doing very well for have been doing well for us. We've been offering free shipping and Corona care packages for people to order and ship to their friends. Chicago is on lockdown, but businesses that ship items are still allowed to go into work. While all of the retail Chicago stuff was happening, our retail partners started postponing and canceling orders. Our wholesale business has basically dwindled to nothing. I still have five people on staff, two full-timers and three part-timers, and I've had to cut all their hours across the board. It's been changing day by day, and right now I'm feeling like it will only get worse before it gets better. It has been uplifting to connect to people and feel a sense of community, so the bad always comes with a little good, too. (laughs) I'm ready to cry. That's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So my question (laughs) So my question to you is, it's so sad. Are you, I mean, I know I'm so glad you were able to vent to me, but receiving that was like, uh, like every sentence was like worse than the last if, if, yeah. until the last one when you're like, well, it's not all bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for putting that in. Um, so my question to you now is now that you've opened on June 4th and you've had a little time to process all the weeks in quarantine, like, how, how are you doing? Like, I understand your business is not all about the bottom line, but we all have to eat. Um, (laughs) so I'm curious about like where you are right now. Um, so wholesale was very, 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 very slow for a good two months. Um, we would maybe have like one or two, like we went from like, I, I don't even know how many a week it was like, it was down, our wholesale business was down like probably like 75 to like 90%. Whoa. Um, so that was happening. Um, we were able to get a lot of our retail stuff online and people were ordering that way. Um, so April was looking, uh, looked okay in terms of our retail shop sales. And that was when we had, um, we got the PPP loan then Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and, um, we got, um, 
and there i think people are getting their like stimulus checks and everything so that april is okay may like really started to peter out a lot mm-hmm. uh, and then we i just kind of at some time through may instead of focusing all my efforts into like marketing and getting people to buy stuff i was kind of more focusing on like what we would what it would look like opening back up and like what all the new rules would look like right I mean, I, on like a million different webinars basically (laughs) being like this is how you open this is what the rules are it was it was all either like opening rules and like what other people were doing to open or it was ppp loan forgiveness rules too which was a whole nother headache and a nightmare in and of itself i thought i was lucky to have gotten the loan really early but then like they kept changing the rules and like of how you could be forgiven like Mm -hmm. every so I was on multiple webinars and talked to my accountant multiple times a week just to get that sorted it was like a whole another job Uh, so now we are open um wholesale has picked up a little bit Mm -hmm. um, but it was still definitely not at where we were at um and then retail is also doing okay um but it's not at any but we just have a bunch more cleaning procedures in um we have abbreviated hours in the retail shop mm-hmm. um so i mean it's definitely looking better but there's just a whole new sense of kind of you know things that make you nervous and you know people coming into the store and how to help you know, the staff feel safe and people feel safe and also be conscientious. Um, so it's, it, it is nice to have people in, but it is like a, like, I feel like I have to do the math every week and be like, okay, is this working with the staffing we have? Is this working for the hours we have? Like, you know, how long can we last like this? What, you know, right. what next it's, it's really hard to predict what and to budget, like what the next few weeks or months are going to look like. Um, so, so yeah, kind of odd, but I had a conversation actually with my husband about this too. It's like Mm -hmm. in the beginning when everything was unknown and changing all the time, Mm -hmm. things have been so stable and so kind of predictable for a while Mm -hmm. that now at least I'm like myself and the staff (laughs) and our customers and everybody is used to things changing all the time. So Mm -hmm. So even if it's still as unsettling, there's like mm-hmm. where it's, you're getting more used to changing things right. <laughs> on a week to week basis. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's constant. Are, yeah. You, are you finding like the mood of your customers a little different? Are they excited to be back? Are they, you know, everybody is excited to be back. I was worried because that last week that we were open where I was the only one here and it was March. So it's in Chicago, the weather's crappy. Um, it's, it was rainy all the time. It was kind of the people didn't want to go out anyway. And then everyone was terrified to go out no matter mm-hmm. how clean you were keeping things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I was worried that when we opened back up, it was going to be like, nobody was going to be walking in the door at all. And it's been like, well, the weather's nicer. People have been wanting to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, people have been ready to, you know, go shopping, go to their favorite store, happy to support small businesses. So, it was, it's definitely been a better reacclimation than I was originally anticipating. I was expecting to be sitting here by myself all day, every day. And we've had a fair amount of foot traffic. It's not at what we were, but it's definitely 
it's definitely way better than that last week of March for sure. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. And, um, you're limiting um, clients in the store. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, Masks are required by um, Illinois state law if you're inside. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's our rule, but then it's also Illinois state law rule. Um, we are we have very vigorous cleaning procedures. So anytime someone walks in the door, we have a little hand sanitizer station right at the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sanitize their hands and then. We're just telling people, you know, feel free to look around. We just ask that you don't touch anything. If you do, just put it in a shopping basket. We can collect it at the end. If you don't buy it, we can set it aside for disinfecting. And people have been very understanding of that also. A lot of times people just come in, and I was even seeing this like the week before we closed, people would come in and just, you know, be careful not to touch the handle when they come in, but then touch all the merchandise because people... (laughs) You know, you want to pick it up, you want to look at it, you want to inspect it, you want to turn the pages of the book. Um, so, so people have been really respectful of all, like not touching a ton of things or if they are like collecting it for us so that we can set it aside and make sure that it is set aside to disinfect or just set aside for three days to, you know, make sure that it's, you know, clean before we put it back out on the floor. Um, and then other than that, we do have a limit of six people. Um, we've only really had to align weight, weight outside a handful of times. Um, most mm-hmm. people even look in and be like, oh, can, is it okay to come in or how many other people are in here? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what else are we doing? Those are the main ones for the customers. And then we have a bunch of other cleaning procedures for mm-hmm. our staff too. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the night, just vigorously cleaning. And we don't even have that many people in here at once for staff members, but just, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure we clean all the countertops, all the light switches, the, you know, um, the alarm pad, the the thermostat, things like that, that most people touch. Um, Right, right. Right. And, and I think like listening to you, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, wow, stationary has it a little tough because we are a high touch business. I mean, there might be certain uh, um, types of retail where like you don't have the urge to touch everything. (laughs) Right. right. um, But for us, uh, we do. Um, How has the transition just been um, for you and your staff um, just kind of handling it, it, all the new normal rules? Um, I think so. We went over all of these in like multiple staff meetings before we opened up. And then I kind of just remind the, and the two of the people that we have here all the time are very used to it. We have some other part-time people who come in and kind of have to get used to it, but, you know, approaching everyone when they get in and telling them the rules, um, it'll take a few times, but then it kind of starts to feel habitual. And then it also, like, for me, at least, I feel safer being in here, knowing that anytime after someone's at the cash wrap, we wipe down that surface, you know, like it might seem extreme, but it also feel like to me, it makes me feel better just touching things, you know, and, Absolutely. and being in the space, on my own because when I was, when I was here, when we were here and we were closed, I knew I could come in and like feel safe. And it's somewhere that I want, like, I personally want to feel safe. Obviously I want my staff to feel safe. And then I want my customers to know that we we are being diligent also. Right. 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 
Absolutely. Um, and you had mentioned too in that uh, one letter that three of your girls were sick. Yes. Um, I would be remiss not to ask how they're doing. They're fine. Uh, we don't know what it was. Um, two of them, three of them had like a fever and a cough and was sick for like a week. So I don't, I mean, they couldn't get tested. It was like, I remember one girl got sick. It was March 11th and the other one was March 13th. And then the other one was like, and they, and me and the one other girl that were here during the time that we're covering for them, like we didn't get sick, but I noticed that two girls had been sharing the phone because we, mm-hmm. you know, we have the shop phone that everybody shares. And two of them had also been sharing like a workspace. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, everybody was, you know, came out of it after the first, after the, you know, 14 days. But I mean, we just, we had no idea if it was, if it was a flu, if it was COVID, if it, you know, I, we don't know. If so, it was a flu. I know. I know. I know. The, the not knowing is all, is. Yeah. And Probably now there's really rigorous testing too. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, mm-hmm. my husband goes grocery shopping and he qualified for a free test, but you know, early March they're what they were only like reserving test. Like one of the girls went to go get a COVID test. Cause she told me she had a fever. I was like, go to, go to get tested right away. And they were basically like, because you're not a high risk patient because you, you know, don't have asthma or, you know, aren't, over the age of whatever, then, you know, we can't, we can't give you a test because those are reserved for if, you know, if you are in a high risk category. So, I mean, it was just a lot of having to make decisions with a lot, not a lot of guidance. Right. 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 (laughs) It's a, it's a bad combo. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, you, you mentioned, uh, so everybody, all your staff is back and, you know, now uh, that you've been open a little 18 days, have you had any difficulties or any difficult situations with customers or anybody being reluctant? Uh, almost everybody has been super respectful. I think I, we haven't really had to turn anyone away because they weren't mm-hmm. wearing a mask that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people that forget not to touch things, um, mm-hmm. but that's most people that have come in have been, we tell them the rules as soon as they come in um, and everybody's been really great. And I, our neighborhood is pretty, um, you know, open-minded and right. forward thinking and, you know, conscientious. So I think it also has to do with our location too, mm-hmm. that everybody, if anything, everybody is thankful, A, that we're open, but then also B, that we are taking all these extra precautions. Like, we don't have to tell people not to touch things and collect them and disinfect them afterwards and disinfect the cash wrap, you know, before and after each transaction, but people are glad that we are doing that. So, um, so I think it also has to do with like the customers and what they want also. Right. 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 Um, so, um, you mentioned that your traffic was a little lower, like when you think about last June and this June, can you just briefly tell me the difference um so i would so right now so the first week p i think what we when we opened up we opened right um right around the time that um chicago was opening up so we didn't like we were one of the first stores that you know there were some people who were waiting an extra week or two um so that first week 
was a little, was people were just getting used to kind of going out and shopping for non-essential things. And it was also right around the time that like rioting and the looting was mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. and Lives Matter protests and my block also was, had been affected by some of that. So mm-hmm. the tension, it was a tense, tense time to reopen. So I think a lot of things were, um, were slower because of that. Um, mm-hmm. We have definitely picked up. It's also the week before Father's Day. So um, if you compare it to like any other week in June, um, we're actually doing pretty well. If you compare it to the week before Father's Day, we're a little bit, we're lower than mm-hmm. last year. But um, I feel like that's all to be expected. So anyway, we've only been open two weeks and there have been weird weeks. So right. <laughs> I, I can't give a definitive answer on that. Right, right. right. But, you know, but you're on a positive, yeah. you know, hopefully you're on a positive path. I mean, like yes. barring a yes. zombie apocalypse next week. Right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. The alien invasion. Who knows? <laughs> like, um, but then also... Um, Oh my God, I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say something about foot traffic. Oh, we did the first week. I was going to have more staff on for fewer days because I thought there was going to be like, maybe there's going to be lineups and we needed more people to disinfect and da 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 and tell the rules. And I decided that we were cutting down to um, the, the same amount of hours for the staff, mm-hmm. but spread out over more days so instead of being open five days a week with like two to three people on for the whole day we're, o- we're open seven days a week but someone might be working a half a day on their own um, right. so that we've kind of adjusted to that and I think that's actually been better too because it seems like we have more neighborhood shoppers um, and more people who would just pop in maybe like around lunchtime or right after work um, and that's not going to affect that, that they have more chances to come in and right. we don't need to have like two people fully watching the front, um, for the, you know, the whole six or seven hours that were open. So. Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, you should totally adjust your business practices to, yeah. you know, what, you know, the, the reality you're, you're, you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned, I, I know um, you briefly mentioned that, you know, some of the Black Lives Matter protests affected your block. Um, and I'd seen that you had said, um, I, I think on a store blog post that you clean, you cleared out your window, you put up a Black Lives Matter sign. Um, what, what happened there? So on, it was Sunday, right before we were, the Sunday, like a few days before we were opening, there was, some of the protests had been in like downtown Chicago, mm-hmm. we're moving up into like different neighborhoods. So there was mm-hmm. a protest walking up Milwaukee Avenue, which is one of the main um, avenues that goes from downtown towards where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the neighborhoods that's a little bit further south of us is kind of heavier retail area. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of places got looted there. Um, and um, a lot of businesses were boarding up. We are a few miles past that neighborhood, Wicker Park. So we're in Logan Square, which mm-hmm. is a few miles past Wicker Park. Our neighborhood didn't get hit as hard as, mm-hmm. as downtown or as Wicker Park, but we did have some of the like peaceful protesters rocking up and then some people were just here to loot. Right. Um, so we have a head shop that's across the street from us. They got broken into. There's another um, dispensary that's doubt like at the end of our block. Mm-hmm. They got broken into um, a few, uh, like a little bit farther down that block. 
There's um, a pawn shop that got broken into. There's some liquor stores um, a little bit further, maybe like a mile down the road from us, but still in our neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. There's one corner where one of the protests was um, like centered out of. And mm-hmm. there's an AT&T, a Gap outlet, a Foot Locker. Um, all of those got broken into and totally looted. Um Wow. So, yeah, so that was so, you know, in the meantime, I like where I am, it's kind of more there's like some bars and restaurants, but like not really, not really a bunch of shops, but uh, like there's a few like me and I have two neighbors next to me um, Mm -hmm. that are both two other clothing stores. They both decided to board up their storefronts at that point I you know but they have more valuable things also Mm -hmm. um I was like the most valuable thing we have at our shop is the window (laughs) and then it's really hard for someone to run off with like any you know extreme amount of like greeting cards or puzzles that would be worth a lot of money so that would even be worth the board up so I ultimately decided it wasn't worth boarding up for that and once I walked around the neighborhood um it was like the day or the day or two before we were going to open um I walked around the neighborhood just to kind of see what had happened and I could tell that it was very deliberate and um targeted looting like Mm -hmm. people were looting liquor stores or they were looting you know chain stores oh there's a target that's a few doors down from us too that got looted so it's like liquor Mm -hmm. stores pharmacies chain stores shoes and clothes but greeting cards gift items i don't i i I personally was like nobody like it's only if they see something in the window that they want right um so (laughs) so yeah but all of that was happening around the same time and it was again having to make decisions um i'm on like an instagram chat with some other chicago um chicago shop owners Mm -hmm. and there's people who are closer to downtown or closer to different areas and I mean, I would have, I might have decided something different if I was in a, in a, you know, hot spot that was getting more hit mm-hmm. by looters. That's great. That, I mean, that's great that um, you, you know, <laughs> that you came out of it like that. And I mean, it is, I mean, who's going to loot a notebook? <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, yeah, I just, it didn't seem like it was, I mean, there's some, you know, it didn't seem like there was any like, re- like, there was any perp anyone would really want to like come in and do that so yeah i'm glad they i'm glad they didn't and i know you already placed your window once so right (laughs) and i think in that perspective i was like "Eh, it's a window we can board it up when it gets like broken down like we're fine (laughs) right 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 you've already been through it yeah so much of this has been negotiating stuff for the first or i'm sorry navigating stuff for the first time like at least you've navigated the window (laughs) right (laughs) yeah so um, I guess my next question to you, I, you know, I'm, I've, I've heard talk, I mean, since the beginning about a second wave. Um, so looking ahead, if, if the worst happens and we have to go through a second wave and you have to close again, I mean, do you feel better equipped? And um, I'm wondering if you've learned anything um, over the past few months that, you know, will be key in you going through it again. Yeah. Um, well, the biggest thing we had to do was, put everything online. So, and we didn't have any system for that before or rhyme or reason, mm-hmm. um, being able to market things online and market things to our email list and like, let people know. Um, and then we had to rethink our whole inventory system. 
um, because we basically had, used to have a totally separate front of house and back of house inventory mm -hmm. system. Um, and the way that our shipping went through and where things were tracked, it was, it was a logistical nightmare. And then when we opened back to the public, we, we basically re readjusted some of the ways we had been doing inventory before. So mm -hmm. definitely feel like way more streamlined and, and being able to track orders, track what we're selling, track, you know, the, what the money we're bringing in. It was, it was definitely very, very messy in the beginning. And we, uh, there's a few months of just kind of lost data in terms of that. Right. Right. Oh, that's, yeah, that's crazy. So you will be much better equipped to yeah. go through it again. Yeah. Oh, well, let's hope that that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I feel like, like, you know, when this was happening, we were kind of like ramping up our staffing and things were getting busier. Mm -hmm. And then to be able to cut back and kind of be more lean and mean, I feel like mm -hmm. having that capacity of not being this gigantic corporation, it really allows us to, you know, expand and contract, you know, payroll takes up more than half of what our monthly expenses are. So to be able to know that we can kind of expand and contract that um, to fit the needs of what the business is um, and then still keep some money coming in, it feels, it feels like it's, we're, we're able to, to navigate that a little bit better. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. I mean, and I, I'm just a big fan of the idea of like the first time is always so uh, difficult. Obviously, we don't want a second time, but um, <laughs> at least you've gotten some of the kinks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So over the past year or, or so, it, it might be a little longer than that. Uh, you've been so candid about your struggles with anxiety and even helped others uh, by creating product to address it. Um, so I really want to close by asking, you know, how, how are you doing? I know you mentioned at the beginning, like it's day by day. And yeah. I, <laughs> I feel you. I mean, I'm in, I'm in the same place, but like, how, how are you doing personally through all this? Um, the right, right now today, I'm feeling pretty good and positive. Um, in March, I was just in survival mode. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I still have a lot of, I, I had a lot of anxiety about opening up the shop again and being safe. I feel like we've kind of crossed over that hump. So I feel good about that. Mm -hmm. um, the riots and the looting, like on top of all the other struggles of being a business owner and the protesting and, you know, cops murdering people it was definitely like that like pocket window was probably the toughest time for me right. because all of the regular small business stuff on top of things that I am not like, don't feel like equipped to really, I, I, I feel empathetic and I want to address them, but I don't know the best way to, because it's also not my story and a lot of questioning coming up with all of that stuff too. That was, I think, the, the worst, the, the, the hardest week or two, mm -hmm. um, just because it was compounded with everything else that, I, you know, all small business owners and everybody has been struggling with, you know, right. the last three months. And I think kind of that was the, the tenor of all of the, you know, 
the protests, everything too. And like Ryan is, everyone's just kind of frustrated and people aren't working and there's not a lot of money. The economy is crashing. I mean, everyone's kind of already in survival mode and tensions are already high and then it just feels more tense on top of it. Um, so, right. but I'm kind of, kind of figuring out how to, how to balance those things and focus on what I can control and work towards, you know, being better, um, just, you know, being more conscientious about supporting other black businesses and also what steps I can take as a business owner to help that cause in the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, stand up for things I believe in while also not letting it completely rule my life. Right, <laughs> I, right. You know, it's so hard. That. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought over these past several months that like even the most well-adjusted person you know, whatever that means, we have a lot of trouble dealing with all of this. I mean, if you, you know, it's, it's an incredible amount of, of just information and emotion. And so, you know, if, if you're getting through it, like minute by minute, if it's hour by hour, like you're still getting through it. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really, um, I'm really happy that you're in and, um, on a personal note, I just have to say, like, watching you through this all, through quarantine, just doing blog posts and sending stuff out, we ordered a couple puzzles from you guys. Oh, um, good. Went- <laughs> see you through it, to see you there, to see you working, to see you plugging away, and to see you being very candid about, you know, everything. It was it was incredibly um, wonderful to watch and it helped oh. me. So thank yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, part of the thing that I felt like I've never really showed my face on like Instagram that much or like been that like vocal in terms of like, you know, newsletters and stuff, but just, I mean, we all are like looking for connection. And I mean, one of the things, one of the reasons why I started doing my mental health trackers um, like notepads last year was that I wanted to be able to talk about things more openly. And I know that everybody knowing that and being able to relate to something and especially like social media can be very glossy and only the highlights and like to also don't like dwell in the lights, but like acknowledge that they're there. It can really help people feel, you know, that they're not alone. And then also the amount of feedback that I've gotten from it. Like, I remember the week before I was closing, I was like doing so many Instagram stories, like, Hey guys, you can come in. Nobody else is in here. You can be safe. People would come in and be like, Oh, I saw your story. I saw that nobody else was here. So I felt safe coming in, you know, like, and just having people like call and respond to, to, to that and knowing that you know, it's not just speaking out into the abyss, but people are actually like taking in that information makes it easier to feel like I'm actually talking to someone, you know, talking to a friend moving forward too. Um, Right. Right. And you, I mean, you are, (laughs) I would never, I don't know. I still haven't cried, cried yet on camera. I don't know if I'm brave enough to do that, but I'll let you know, I have cried many times in the last few months. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, I think, I think we all have, but I, it's very brave to be so authentic on social media. Um, social media is such a, you know, for many or, and for a long time, it was such a sanitized version Mm -hmm. of ourselves. And I think to be honest and authentic, it's just, it's very powerful and it's empowering and it, and, you know, and it hopefully inspires others that, 
you know, um, maybe, you know, just not feel the need to put out such a sanitized yeah. version of their lives. Yeah. And I'm like, sometimes I'm super awkward on the <laughs> and I'll like do 20 takes <laughs> and then finally I'm just like, you know what? Just go with the bloopers. Just do whatever. Like, it's like your friend, like, and that's what I've started to be more comfortable doing is that like, it feels like, mm-hmm. you know, my friends like me, <laughs> like anybody who follows <laughs> or is following us on Instagram or, you know, is like knows, knows that it's me now because they're used to seeing my face. So it feels, mm-hmm. it feels more like there's more acceptance there. So there's more, it's, there's more ability to be like, you know, vulnerable and authentic in those ways too. Right, right. Imagine how much work it would be to like maintain oh, God. this persona. <laughs> If anybody knows me too, it's, I'm just, I'm just me and no matter what situation it is. So I don't even know if I could do that. Like, it's just what you see is what you get pretty much. Well, that's good. Don't change. (laughs) So Shana, I cannot thank you enough for, um, join, for joining me in the paper fold today. Um, I will continue watching and buying from you and um, covering you. And um, I'm just really looking forward uh, to hopefully seeing you on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to talk. I probably won't be at any shows this coming up. So I might, if you were going to go, I won't see you there, but it was, you know, you can always just pop in and say hi on social media or shoot me an email. (laughs) I will. I don't know what I don't know where I'm going or what shows I'm going <laughs> yeah. to be. No <laughs> You're in good. <laughs> yeah. You're in good company. Anyway, um, thank you so much again, and yeah. we'll yeah, talk thank soon. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Hey, Paper Peeps. So Kitty Meow Boutique has been a fabulous client of mine for a while now. So hopefully many of my listeners are familiar with not just the dazzling wares from this Chicagoland house of paper, but also its amazing founder, a force of nature better known as Catherine Hildner. This mom of two with another scheduled to arrive soon has created a most intoxicating stationary range. I define the Kitty Meow aesthetic as polished and very smart. Think of the sharpest outfit you own that you feel like a million bucks in, but in stationary form. Everything from typography to envelope choice comes together to pack a most enticing punch. But this range is not just about the surface. It's about honoring those connections with those we care about most. And you'll see once you visit kittymeowboutique.com that the wares are divided into witty and sweet because, as Catherine puts it, sometimes you feel a little saucy and sometimes you don't. But Kitty Meow Boutique is so much more than just another pretty face in the marketplace. The empowering messaging found on her cards, invitations, journals, coasters, art prints, and enamel pins elevates the range into something that makes you feel not just seen, but good about yourself too. Everything is essentially a little lift visually and emotionally for not just those you love, but you as well. Not only is Kitty Meow available for your personal shopping needs, it's also available wholesale to all those shops looking for something new with which to excite their customers. 
She's on Fair, visit kittymeowboutique.fair.com and get your shop started. Finally, I think what I love about Catherine most is that she is really all about living your best life, as you'll see for yourself beneath the education tab on her site. She offers KMB Signature Collective, a mastermind for women in the product-based business world who have a love for paper and giftable items, who have an idea and a plan, but need guidance and support to be successful in their efforts. I so agree with Catherine. It's so important to be surrounded by like-minded women and leaders who are willing to put in the work to lift each other up. For that reason, it's not a course. It's a friggin' transformation, people. And Catherine has also started my second favorite podcast, Dreams to Plans, with another brilliant force of nature, my girlfriend Renee, to elevate your daydreams to actual tangible plants. Oh, and if you're on Clubhouse, follow Kitty Meow so you can tune in to her weekly room Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called Small Business Savvy, Insider Secrets You Need to Know. I checked it out for myself last week, and it was just the dose of inspiration and confidence my day needed. So get those good vibes going at kittymeowboutique.com and tell them Sarah sent you. Thank you so much, Shana, for dropping by the paper fold. And thank you to you for listening. Please subscribe. And if you have an idea for a podcast or you would like to appear, drop me a line at sarah at thepapernerd.com. That's all I've got for today, folks. Until next time, be safe.